When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old USA, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 330 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view. Mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. Good morning, everyone, lovers of liberty and fearers of hurricanes. It is the Wednesday edition of the Truth Hurts program for Wednesday, October 28th, 2020. While most parts of the country are preparing for an election and preparing for All Hallows' Eve, better known as Halloween, while people are putting out Halloween decorations in their yards, folks here in South Louisiana and along the Mississippi Gulf Coast are picking up everything from out of their yards and putting them away as Hurricane Zeta is making a beeline for the New Orleans metropolitan area. Louisiana, as I said on yesterday's program, has been the target of now seven tropical systems in this year, 2020. And what a better year to do it, right? COVID, all of the lies against the President of the United States by the far left, The riots, the looting, the total and utter bullshit of the Black Lives Matter movement, better known as the bowel movement. All of the false narratives, all of the anarchy and the burning and the arsons and the assaults. Did you see in Philadelphia where people are just, I say people, groups of thugs are just ransacking entire shopping centers and strip malls? appliance stores and just walking out with washers and dryers and refrigerators and televisions and the cops are told pretty much to stand down. Their Democrat cowardice, cowardly mayor said, well, it's just a peaceful protest. Now tell that to a person who has invested his life savings in starting a business, who took the time to buy insurance for that business, but now insurance rates are going to triple or quadruple or maybe those places won't even be insurable at all. Talk to the guy who owns that particular strip shopping mall who relies on people to lease those stores from him so that he can earn a living to feed his family. And just a bunch of animals. I mean, that's the only way you can put it. A bunch of filthy, stinking, lazy, Democrat animals. Mostly, as you can see in the video, the AA 13% minority just running around like a bunch of wild animals, stealing whatever the hell they want, and to hell with the business owner. And apparently to hell with any employee who tries to stop them because they're not only committing theft, burglary, but they're committing assault and battery, and in many cases even murdering people who just went to work to try and earn a living on what should have been just a normal day at the office. Yes, these thug animals got the praise of the mayor of Philadelphia. One of these animals charged at police with a knife, assaulting two of them, 
And from what I understand, some two dozen cops were injured in Philadelphia in one day's time. And what does the Democrat cowardly mayor do? He gets on the television and he expresses his condolences to the family of an armed thug, 13% double A minority animal who refused to put down the knife that would likely have sliced through an artery of one of the police officers had they just waited for a social worker to come in. It's ridiculous. And then Joe Biden had the audacity to go on television, stand behind a podium, behind a microphone, and express his condolences to the family of this useless black life that absolutely did not matter. I'm not saying all black lives don't matter. To me, all lives matter as long as those lives are not spent, wasted, attacking law enforcement, raping little children, drug trafficking, robbing, carjacking, assaulting, battering, stabbing, shooting. Because in my opinion, thug lives do not matter. Not one bit. I say wipe them all off the face of the earth. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Russian. If you're a thug, if you're a criminal, and you refuse to obey the laws, perhaps, maybe, countries like Turkey and Saudi Arabia and Iraq and Iran had the right idea. You get caught stealing as a child, we cut off a finger. And that reminds you never to steal again. If you start stealing as a teenager or an adult, We whack off one of your hands with a machete. And now you have but one hand. Maybe that's the way it should be. Because right now, in our system of so-called laws and justice, thug criminal animals are getting away literally with murder. And all they have to say is, Well, it's because I had a bad upbringing. I had a bad upbringing. Or, it's because I live in a bad place over the border and now I have to come here. It's the only way I know how to be. It's unbelievable. And that's really not what I wanted to talk about this morning, Wednesday, October the 28th, 2020. I'll be back to talk about a few more things right after this. Sifting through the rhetoric and BS. This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. When asking gropey Joe Biden about the conflict of interest involving his son, Hunter Biden, here's what Joe had to say. Your son's job in Ukraine. How is that not a conflict of interest? It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing, that no president has ever done. You're selling access to the president. You're a damn liar, man. You said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Get your words straight, Jack. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because that company wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Everybody. Who said that? Thank you, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me the opportunity to meet your father. That's reality. That's what was said, Joe. Come on, man. 
Now, very rarely does lion Joe Biden say anything that is true, but I want you to listen to this clip where he actually admits that he and his former administration boss, Barack Hussein Obama, have spent years putting together a systematic voter fraud ring. Take a listen. Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Now let's hear that again so that it is crystal clear for everyone to understand. Now I want you to hear this again. We have put together the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. And you decide, was this just another Joe Malapropism? Was it just another Joe Gaff, him speaking out of school, making a mistake? Or was this truly a Freudian slip where he admits that he and Barack Hussein Obama, along with you in the media, as he's pointing to those in the media as he gave this speech, all colluding together to put together a criminal enterprise. Take a listen again. We have put together the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Now, I haven't dug up the audio on this next bit here, but Joe Biden said during the last presidential debate on October 22nd of this year, quote, I don't look at this the way he does. Blue states versus red states. They're all the United States. And look at the states that are having such a spike in coronavirus. They are the red states. Well, Joe, you just said you don't look at us as blue states and red states. But then you call out the spikes in the red states. Lion Joe Biden. Lion Hyden. Sleepy, creepy, mumbly, fumbly, bumbly, stumbly, mopey, dopey, gropey, Beijing Joe Biden. There, I haven't said it like that in quite a while, but it's true. Joe Biden loved to do him some lying on that television. Here's a question for you. How come the FBI spent more time on the fake noose of Bubba Wallace's garage door at NASCAR than they spent investigating Hunter Biden's laptop. How come the FBI spent more time on the Jussie Smollett fake racism lie than they did on the Hunter Biden laptop? How come the FBI under Jim Comey spent three and a half years investigating Donald Trump and the Trump administration and the Trump campaign knowing full well that all the information they were using in their investigation was a fabrication, a lie, based upon phony dossiers paid for by Hillary Clinton and made up by people who were anti-Trump from day one. How come they spent more time on that investigation than they have looking into the illegal, unethical, and immoral dealings of Joe Biden?
Now this next piece comes directly from Donald Trump Jr., so I'm guessing it's slightly biased against the Bidens and for President Trump, but it's about two and a half to three minutes that I think you will be very interested in hearing this coming from Don Jr., and it was aired originally on Fox News, so I want to give credit where credit is due. Take a listen. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. Probably not. Why did Hunter Biden get the special deal with Burisma in Ukraine? Why? Because he was an expert in Ukraine? Because he was an expert You're, in <laughs> energy? He didn't... The, the, president, the, the president is pointing out what so many Americans see. That looks unfair. There is a photo of you uh, golfing with your son Hunter and his business partner, Devin Archer. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. And you know, in 2014, the White House cleared uh, Hunter serving on that board. So he has absolutely been asked that question. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, you are aware that in 2014, during the Obama administration, the first anti-corruption investigation partnered between the U.S., the U.K., and Ukraine was in the owner of the company Burisma. I, I'm aware of it now. You also testified that regarding Burisma, money laundering, tax evasion comports with your understanding of how business is done in Ukraine. Is that correct? I'm not aware of specific incidents, but I, my understanding is that it would not uh, be out of the out of the realm of the possible for Burisma. Well, that's page 207 from your testimony, but I'll move on. You are aware that Hunter Biden did sit on the board of Burisma at this time. I am. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. I said, no, nah, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. I looked at it, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Your son did make a lot of money. Some reports fifty to $80,000 a month in an Ukrainian company while you were vice president. Was that wrong? No. He made no money. And then all of a sudden, his father becomes vice president. And he's making millions and millions. He has strenuously denied this uh, many, many times. And we now know that he lied to the American people because he was fully aware. And, and that's really important here. It's not just that he has a wayward son, Hunter Biden, who's influence peddling all over the world. No, the sitting vice president knew about all of this. We know that from these bombshell revelations from the New York Post. How do you think this will all play out in the history books? I hope that, um, that the history isn't fully written yet. I hope that a lot of people that, um, uh, that have a chance at redemption here stand up for what is right. The strategy seems to be to call Biden a criminal. Why is that? He is a criminal. He's a criminal. He got caught. Read his laptop. And you know who's a criminal? You're a criminal for not reporting it. You are a criminal for not reporting it. Let me tell you something. Joe Biden is a criminal, and he's been a criminal for a long time, and you're a criminal in the media for not reporting it. Your son, Hunter, today gave an interview, admitted that he made a mistake and showed poor judgment by serving on the, the, that board in Ukraine. Did you make a mistake by letting him? My son's statement speaks for itself. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. Probably not. And of course, Joe Biden is channeling George Bush Sr. when he's telling everybody he's not going to raise taxes. Remember, George Sr. said, read my lips, no new taxes. Then the Democrat 
Congress screwed him over and we were forced to raise some taxes. Well, Biden's doing the same thing. In one breath, he says he is going to repeal all of Donald Trump's tax cuts. And then, when people start to revolt against that, he says, but, 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 but I only mean people making less than 400000 a year. And you can't ask him about it now because he's hiding in his basement. He's sitting in his bunker, hunkered down, refusing to answer any direct questions with less than a week to go before Election Day. Perhaps we can all hope he's down there rehearsing his concession speech because Donald Trump will be winning in a landslide. One can only hope. I mean, when a Biden rally has 38 six-foot round painted circles spaced six feet apart, and there are one or two people in each of those 38 circles, and a good third of them are television and newspaper reporters, that's not much of a rally. And that particular event was planned days ahead of time. The Trump administration announces a last-minute rally and tens of thousands of people show up, many spilling over into the streets. It's unbelievable just the vast difference in active vocal support for Donald Trump as opposed to any support at all publicly for Joe Biden. I don't understand it. And if Trump doesn't win the popular vote outright and there's no cheating in mail-in balloting, I can't see how he's not going to win in a landslide if rallies and campaign stops are any indication. This is the Truth Hurts program. We've got lots more to talk about, and we'll do that right after we do this. If you thought the last segment was good, wait until you hear this. The 2020 presidential race is less than one week away. That is the actual election day, as you and I knew it as young folks. You know, on election day, people go to the polls and cast their vote. With weeks of early voting, mail-in voting, absentee voting, and God knows what else, the next seven days are going to be quite interesting. And I'm quite certain that the next week after that, with court challenges and all the other business and malarkey that's going to be going on, it's going to be quite interesting for at least a couple of weeks after the election. I was asked, Steve, what would happen if there was an actual tie in the number of electoral college votes? What if there's a tie in the electoral college? Who becomes president? How is it decided? Well, one group says, oh, no, it's just then the popular vote kicks in. That's not necessarily true. According to KMOX Radio in St. Louis, Missouri, the possibility of a tie in the race to the White House is quite possible in the Electoral College, and it has happened before. Now, here's how an election is decided in the event of a tie. Not since the presidential election of 1800 has there been an Electoral College tie. At that time in history, the winner was decided on who obtained a majority of the Electoral College votes. Interestingly enough, 
The runner-up would then become vice president to the winner. So let's say gropey Joe Biden wins. That makes Donald Trump vice president under those rules. You see, in 1800, the tie between Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr was decided by the House of Representatives. The Constitution at that time gave full power to the House of Representatives to decide on a tie. And on February 8, 1837, the House chose Thomas Jefferson to be the new President of the United States, and therefore by default, Aaron Burr became the Vice President. That tie created a constitutional crisis that led to what we now know as the 12th Amendment to the Constitution, separating the contests for the offices of President and Vice President. The 12th Amendment also requires the Senate to choose between the top two electoral vote recipients in choosing the Vice President in the case of a tie. That's the 12th Amendment for you. Now there's always the possibility of an electoral tie in any given election year. If there's anything we've learned in 2020, it's to never assume that anything will be normal or to go as expected. And with the race tightening up day by day as we approach Election Day, the potential of a tie is growing increasingly more likely. The balance of power in the House and Senate holds extreme importance in the event of a tied election because the House picks the president and the Senate will pick the vice president. It could be entirely possible under some really extraordinary circumstances to see a president and vice president of opposite parties, depending on the balance of power. The way the Senate votes on the vice president is different than the way the House votes on the president. You see, in the Senate, each senator has one vote and the majority decides who becomes vice president. In the House, however, the majority is decided differently. In the House of Representatives, under naughty, nasty Nancy Pelosi, each state only gets one vote for president regardless of the size of the state. So the winner of the vote in the House must have 26 states to win. The majority of delegates on any given state would cast a single vote for that state. Now in the current Congress, Republicans would have the 26 states in the House to choose the president in the event of a tie. They would also have enough votes, obviously, in the Senate to choose the vice president. However, the Constitution states that it would not be the current Congress that decides on the presidency, but the new congressional body that results from this year's 2020 November elections. So theoretically, the United States could end up with a nonpartisan White House. But there are a number of things that would have to happen. First, an electoral tie would have to occur. The House delegate majority and the Senate would have to be controlled by separate parties for that to occur. This is why your vote for your state elections is just as important as your federal elections. This is why it is just as important to make sure you have a Republican in the Senate and in the House in your state because the outcome of the Senate and the House races could shift the balance of power in our Congress one way or the other. So here's how it could possibly break down. First, we have an electoral college tie. Then everybody went out and they voted because they can't stand Nancy Pelosi and we put in 
more Republicans in the House of Representatives. And we add a few more Senate seats to the Republican side. You would then end up with the Trump presidency and a Biden vice presidency, according to what I'm reading here. Or perhaps it could be a Trump-Pence. I'm not exactly sure. It is again, after all, boys and girls, the year 2020. So anything is possible. We'll be back to talk about a little more right after this. This is not a test. This is the Truth Hurts program. Now, before I move on to the next segment, I do want to play for you once again the Joe Biden, Lion, Hyden, back and forth yo-yo effect when it comes to his actual words coming from his word hole, from his mouth about shutting down the oil industry and stopping fracking. First, he's going to tell you he's not going to end fracking. Then he tells a little girl in front of the cameras that he will end fracking. And then I'm not, and then I am, and then I'm not. I mean, this guy's flip-flopping more than a pancake at the Waffle House. Here we go. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. I guarantee we're going to end fossil fuel. No more, no new fracking. And I'd gradually move away from fracking. And I think it's critically important on day one that we end any fossil fuel leases on public lands. But like, what about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. pipeline infrastructure? Yes. And, 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 and. They, they want to do the same thing I want to do. They want to phase out fossil fuels and we're going to phase out fossil fuels. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. And there you have it. More lies from Biden and Camel Toe Harris on the subject of fossil fuels and fracking. I want to remind you that in the four years, and we haven't made four years yet, but in the almost four years of the Donald Trump administration, there have been zero new wars. There have been four historic Middle East peace deals and we have pretty much shut down threats from North Korea under Donald Trump. And prior to something that he has zero control over in actuality, the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019, better known as COVID-19 or the Kung Fu Wuhan flu, remember, it's a worldwide global pandemic. That means it's happening in China and Russia and France, and Italy, and Bulgaria, and Belgium, and the United States, and Canada, and Mexico, and Japan, and Korea, and Vietnam, and Israel, Iraq, Iran, and in Africa, all of the countries of Africa. This is a worldwide pandemic, and yet Joe Biden, the Democrats, and the media would make you think that Donald Trump invented COVID-19 in some backroom lab at one of his casino restaurants and then distributed it around the nation and then refused to do anything about it. Now, we've been through it a hundred times on this program, all the things that Trump did in a presidential fashion to curb the spread of this disease. We've also pointed out hundreds of times on this program that the coronavirus is not nearly as deadly as the seasonal flu by percentage. 
And we've used CDC numbers and World Health Organization numbers to prove that. Whereas the flu has a 0.03 or 0.06 or 0.1% fatality in positive cases. The Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 has a 0.003% fatality or mortality rate in people who test positive. And latest numbers coming out of the CDC are that as many as 60 to 80,000 of the deaths that they thought were from coronavirus were actually from the flu. So I'd like to do a little math with you quickly. The average yearly influenza death toll in the United States is somewhere around 70,000 people. And the average yearly death toll from COVID-19 over the past 100 years, since we'll use Joe Biden's math system as a metric, would be zero up until this year. So over 100 years with a virus that just came out this year, it's really unfair, Joe, to make those comparisons, but I'll use your numbers. So let's say in an average year, that means about 80,000 people die of the flu. Then why is it? Please explain to me, how is it that coronavirus killed so many people in 2020 and the flu killed almost none? Did coronavirus kick the flu's ass and no one told us? Was that not on ESPN 8, the Ocho? Come on, guys. Wake up. Probably the majority of people who died from virus-related illnesses this year died from the seasonal influenza A or B. And they're talking about it being COVID deaths to try and scare you, to hype the numbers, to keep the economy shut down. This is the type of crap that they've been pulling on the American people for the last year. Remember, Russian collusion turned out to be a hoax, as we said all along. It was proven to be a lie. The impeachment, based upon a phony dossier and false allegations, turned out to be a lie. Trump was acquitted. Means he was innocent. Everything they've tried against Donald Trump has failed miserably, so they decided to use a pandemic scare. A pandemic which is far less deadly than the Spanish flu, the swine flu, you know, H1N1, SARS, and all the other pandemics and epidemics that come and go throughout the cycle of life on planet Earth. They've tried to use that and been pretty successful so far at using that against the President of the United States. And that's because the media refuses to admit, to acknowledge, and to accept the fact that Trump did more in the early stages of this virus to combat this virus than Biden was even mentally capable of doing. They won't admit it, boys and girls. And it's a damn shame because you and I are the ones paying the price. And then, of course, they have to cycle that with the BM movement, I'm sorry, the BLM movement, the Antifa, all of the rioting. They tried to blame that on Trump when it is occurring in Democrat-controlled cities and Democrat states, and those mayors and governors refuse to enforce the laws. And yet people will line up in droves to re-elect Democrats to the mayors, the city councils, the state legislatures, 
the governor's mansions of those cities that are literally burning themselves out. I, I don't understand it. It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. None. I just got a text from a good friend of mine, Jimmy in Texas. It says, if you were to strip naked and run around in a circle at the speed of 186,282 miles per second, you know, the speed of light, it would be theoretically possible for you to screw yourself. However, since you are not physically capable of achieving that speed, you can accomplish the same result by voting Democrat in the November election. Thanks, Jimmy. Truer words were never spoken. I am not banning fracking. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking, no matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. Like what about, say, stopping fracking and stopping pipe? I am not banning fracking. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. I am not banning fracking. No more, no new fracking. We, we are, we are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. And there you have it once again. In case you didn't hear it earlier, I wanted to make sure you hear Joe saying, I'm not banning fracking. And then he says he's banning fracking. I'm not banning fracking. Then he says he's banning fracking. Then Camel Till Harris says she's banning fracking. I mean, it goes on and on. They're lying to pander to whichever crowd they're speaking. Donald Trump's message always stays the same. I want to return this nation to the greatness it was before these clowns started making up all the garbage they made up, which all turned out to be lies, and return America to the greatness it was during the first three and a half years of the Trump administration. And for all you oil and gas workers out there, one more time, just so you understand. I to never said I oppose fracking. You said it I, on tape. I did show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. Put it on. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. new pipeline infrastructure? Yes. And, 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 no new fracking. No. There it is. No new fracking. No new fracking. No new fracking. I never said that. Put it on your tape. Put it on your website. Unbelievable. And then remember when President Trump during the debate asked Joe Biden about his racist policies, Joe Biden's racist policies and statements, and Joe Biden called the president a racist. And then the president said, Joe, you called them predators. You called them, meaning the 13% AA minority thug crowd that's out there committing 90% of the crimes in the country, committing 90% of the violent crimes, the carjackings, the rapes, the looting, the assaults. And Joe Biden says, I never said that. You're the racist, Mr. President. Well, take a listen to Joe Biden and his actual words talking about 13% AA minority hyphenated Americans. Take a listen. There's about 100,000 of them who are the predators. 100,000 of the kids you read about in the front page of the newspaper every day. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, 
without any structure, without any conscience developing, a portion of them will become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. We have no choice but to take them out of society. You have nothing, no choice but to take them out of society. Now, early on, I said that Kamalto Harris was going to be the president of the United States. Make no mistake about it. And when Joe Biden opens his mouth and sticks his foot in, it's usually all the way up to his knee. And he makes what I call Freudian slips. And I think those are actually little admissions of the truth that come out because he's so sick of being lying Biden that the truth just has to eke its way out. Now, here's Joe Biden saying, I'm Kamala's running mate. Y'all think I'm kidding, don't you? My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband, and I am Kamala's running mate. <laughs> Y'all think I'm kidding, don't you? There it is. <laughs> and I'm Kamala's running mate. That's usually a term left for the vice president. The vice president is the running mate of the presidential candidate, not the other way around. I'm telling you folks, this is a circus, a three-ring circus with a clown car full of Democrats, and they just keep popping out and popping out and popping out. Think about all the nut jobs that have tried to become the Democrat president just in the last one year of madness in the United States of America. Nut jobs like Beto O'Rourke, Mayor Pete, Andrew Yang was probably the most sensible of them all, and he wanted to just write a check every month to every American for $1,000. Where's the money going to come from, Andrew? Ah, we'll just print it. Camel Toe Harris, Focahontas, all the rest of those crazy nut jobs. They just kept getting out of the clown car over and over and over. And we're stuck now with supposedly the best of the best. Gropey, mopey, dopey Joe Biden on the top of the ticket, and the woman who ran dead last in the Democrat primaries, the not African-American but claims to be, Camel Toe Harris. It truly is insane. And then you have Chuckle Schumer in the Senate, and you have Nasty Nancy Pelosi in the House, you have Ilhan Omar, you have Rashida Tlaib. I'm telling you, folks, if this is the best of the best that America has to offer, we are screwed as a nation. If you need a safe space, a place to cry, an emotional support animal or a counselor, you have come to the wrong place. This is the No Cry Baby Zone. This is a place where we are not afraid to speak the truth. This is the home of Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. A place for the strong. A place for real Americans. A place where snowflakes melt in silence. Listen only if you dare. Only if you are strong enough to endure the truth. You can't handle the truth! This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Joe Biden supports the guy who charged at police officers with a knife. You know, the guy that got shot. The thug, criminal, double-A, minority, hyphenated American who charged at a cop with a knife. I guess he's giving license to criminals to shoot, loot, injure, destroy, stab, slash, whatever. He said, quote, Joe Biden, that is, 
Our hearts are broken for the family of Walter Wallace Jr. and all of those suffering the emotional weight of learning about another black life in America lost. He said, Walter's life mattered. Well, if Walter's life would have mattered, Walter would have been smart enough to not charge at police officers with a knife. What's the old saying? Never bring a knife to a gunfight? The guy was a criminal thug. He was attacking people with a knife. So police did what they should have done. They shot this piece of human filth and they killed him, removing him from society, which is what Joe Biden wanted to do. Remember, he said those predators need to be removed from society. But now, gropey Joe pandering for the double A crowd, the 13% double A hyphenated American minority crowd, has to stand up there and say his heart is broken for the family of Walter Wallace Jr., the thug criminal animal who attacked cops with a knife. Way to go, Joe. This is the Truth Hurts program. Sifting through the rhetoric and BS. This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. On my social media page this morning, a friend of mine, Tony, who I ride motorcycles with, posted something which was a repeat post from someone named Sean. It said, I guess our parents stayed together simply because they didn't have 7,000 other people following them or liking their picture at their disposal when their marriage or relationship got hard. Nowadays, when your relationship hits rock bottom, you can just log in and get high on a false sense of security or appreciation. We've depreciated ourselves to where we value our worth based on comments and inbox messages filled with colorful words and emojis that have no depth. The person who actually loves you when there's no filter in your face becomes an option while the rest of the world that only sees you and what you allow them to see becomes a priority. Don't lose what is real, chasing what appears to be. Instant gratification is killing our current generation. Truer words never were spoken, folks. People are neglecting their own families who see their good and their bad sides because they only post the good on their social media pages and they create instant hatred amongst their so-called social media friends against the people in their lives who truly matter. Because if you take the time to only post mean things about your significant other, for example, and only post positive things about yourself online, that's all your so-called social media friends will ever see. They'll only see the negative that you post about your significant other, and they'll only see the positive that you post about yourself. So only seeing those two halves of two separate holes will make those fake book friends think that you are a wonderful person and your significant other is a piece of trash. Those fake book friends, those instant Grammy friends, they don't see when you are having a bad day or you are being a jerk. 
They don't see the wonderful things that your significant other may be doing for you because you don't take the time to post those things. And so naturally, those social media friends will be quick to offer you sympathy, empathy, words of support, and tell you to do things like get out of that toxic relationship. You deserve better. You are a good person. And they'll be quick to vilify your significant other or your family member. They'll say, that person doesn't appreciate you and all of your wonderfulness. And of course, you produce serotonin in the brain and your dopamine levels rise because these so-called media friends, well, they're patting you on the back. They're lifting you up. They're making you seem like the hero that you're projecting yourself to be. And your brain is tricked into thinking that those people and their opinions matter more than that significant other or that family member who has to endure your bad side, who has to endure when you're not being Mr. Nice Guy. Don't let thumbs ups, hearts, caring emojis, and kind words on your social media page dictate your actual relationship with a member of your family. It might be best for you to turn off social media for a while. Concentrate on yourself and concentrate on your relationships in your family unit instead of trashing and bashing and smashing those people in your family and flaming them on social media just to get sympathy empathy and attention very nice Tony I appreciate you posting that also I saw a photograph this morning that was sent to me on a text message and it's a photograph of a very crowded airplane with the flight attendant walking down the aisle and everyone packed into seats inches apart from one another with masks on and then they show an empty church with not a single soul sitting in the seats. It's a pretty powerful picture and a pretty powerful message that currently, especially in those areas that are being forced to shut down church gatherings and social gatherings, but they're allowing people to get on crowded buses and crowded subways and crowded airplanes. It shows you that the almighty dollar is more important to those people than God. And that is truly a shame. If you can pile into a tube with recirculated air with 159 other people, literally elbow to elbow, and just a cough away from the back of the head of the person ahead of you, then you can sit in church and pray to God. They're shutting down our churches, and that is one of the first signs of the loss of liberty the decline of democracy, and the failure of freedom. This is the Truth Hurts program, and that was a hurricane alert. So I'm going to call it a session of the Truth Hurts program, and we will see you next time. Make it a great day, and if you're in South Louisiana or Southern Mississippi, try and stay safe out there as the wind starts to blow. By the way, we're expecting that to start happening any time now, uh, starting around 10 o'clock this morning conditions will deteriorate so please make sure 
to pick up those lawn chairs and those inflatable Halloween decorations and anything else that might become a flying projectile as the winds of Zeta hit today. Make it a great day, everyone. We'll see you next time. I stay last time and even that time before that, remember? And I'm still alive. And and I did just fine like that, right? Man, no, we're not gonna leave. Beside that, I got all my stuff here in the double wide that's gotta be protect in case I get that storm come by, you know what I'm saying? Man, yeah, this trailer's a good one, yeah, Sha. When me and the old lady bought it back in 1980, we had a pickup truck on the roof to show how good it was built like that, remember? This trailer's solid, yes, chap. Oh, I had tied it down with them strap underneath, and last night I put some bungee cord on the screen door, too, like, you know. Sure, I put them ratchet strap over the roof. I screw them down tight into the ground like that. Oh, the ground? Yeah, it's like mud, but that screw goes down about three foot, so it's probably gonna keep that roof on, you know? I got that generator, too, me. I got it hooked up so that if the power go out, I can pull that rip cord and then I got me some power, you know? Hell no, I didn't pull that meter. Man, no way. That power company might think I'm trying to steal the power from them if I do that. You remember last time? Oh, I ain't worried about no flood. Man, no, this trail is on those cinder block about three foot and a half. So I don't gotta worry about no flood. Storm surge? Eight feet? No way. You know those meteorologists over that, that weather channel, they always lie about them storm surge, yeah? They always lie like that. That man was in a ditch, remember, on his knee like that one time. And guess what? If there is water and it get too damn high, I got my boat, yeah, me. I can put the wife and the dog and the chilling on that little 14-foot boat, and I can power out with that 25 Evan Rude just like that. No, I'm for sure we ain't leaving. Beside that, if we get trapped or stuck or anything like that, the Cajun Navy will come and get us for sure. Hey, look, I got to go, Thibodeau. It's been good chat with you like that, but the wind is starting to whip, and I think the garbage can is fixing to fly away. Give me a call later, okay? No, no, I'm for sure. We're not leaving. We don't leave for no storm like that. We Cajun. We smarter than that, yeah. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Thank you for listening. We hope that this presentation has enlightened you to the things that may have been hidden from you. This is where we bring darkness to light, turn fiction into reality, and exercise our First Amendment right to free speech. Here is where the double standard is exposed and displayed for all to see. We sincerely hope that we've helped you to open your eyes to what's going on in the real world. The Truth Hurts program is produced at Studio 63 in Bayou Country, in affiliation with Steve Knight Productions. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. No animals were harmed in the making of this program. It is fact. It is real. It is truth. And sometimes, the truth hurts. Hurts.